0: The goodness of the Lord. I am what it says I am I have what it says I have I can do what it says I can do Today I'll be taught the word of God I boldly confess My mind is alert My heart is receptive I'm about to receive The incorruptible Indestructible Ever living Seed of the word of God I'll never be the same Never, never, never in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. So, today, let's go to the book of Mark for a second. And this is a, this is a... I want to just talk about honor here today. But the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 21, Jesus looked at this man who... Matthew says this was a young ruler, alright? So that's how we get the thing, rich young ruler. Because Matthew, you look at the Gospels, they'll dovetail together and you get all the pieces. So the rich young ruler comes, and Jesus then said, because the guy said, hey, I've, I've done the commandments. And so Jesus says, well, you lack one thing. Go and sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Now let me stop there to say, sometimes people say, well, you shouldn't have anything. You're supposed to give everything away. Well, that's not true. This was, in this case, for this guy, this was his God. Money was his God. This is what he served. This is what he followed. This is what stood in the way between him and Jesus. So, so money in itself, or treasure in itself, is not bad. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. Amen? So, and this is the context here. So Jesus says, hey, go and sell what you have, give to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven. Take your cross and follow me. And the guy was very sad at this word, and he went away very sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Very sad, and very rich, and he went away. And, and good to notice, Jesus didn't run after him. Jesus didn't run after him. Jesus didn't change the message for him. Jesus yeah. said, oh, okay, well, you can, you can leave if you want to leave. Verse 23 and 24 then says, So Jesus said to the disciples, It's hard for those that have riches to enter in the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished. Let me stop there to say this again. Now, he's pointing out something here. Hard for those that have riches. The, the issue isn't the riches. The issue is where you put your trust. And the disciples are astonished. Now, why are the disciples astonished? I believe they're astonished because they knew about wealth. Remember, James and John, their dad had ships. Their dad had employees and so forth. They knew about resources and so forth. And many of the people around Jesus were well-connected people. They were not poor people. Let's make that real clear. They couldn't do the things they did with no money. (laughs) So they were well-connected. Right, So the issue again, it wasn't, wasn't the, the riches, when Jesus says, how hard is it for those that have riches? And the disciples are like, whoa, wow, that's, that's amazing. And Jesus says, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches. That's the context. So the disciples were astonished because they're thinking, well, what about us then? We have resources, and so are we not going to be able to enter heaven? And he says, no, no, understand this. How hard is it for those who trust in riches? To enter the kingdom of God, because it can become a blockage. And you look around the world today, and especially the United States, but people have things. Every, everybody has things. Poor people have things. <laughs> have a lot of things. And so those things, though, can stand in our way with the most important thing, and that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? So we want to have this relationship clear, and we don't want other things to get in the way of of that. Amen? Amen? That's just just important. That's the context there of that. To trust in the Lord, to not trust in riches, not trust in money. Now, let's go to the book of Genesis a second. So, this was the rich young ruler. Now, in the book of Genesis, it talks about Abraham. Abraham is the old rich ruler. So, we had the young rich ruler. Now, we have the old rich ruler. And Abraham, in Genesis 12, all right? So it says this, I'll make you a great nation. God says, I'm going to bless you. You shall be a blessing. So God's giving him this promise. You'll be a blessing. Chapter 13, verse 2. Abraham was very, very rich. And it says he was rich in livestock, silver and gold. So this guy, this guy was like the Bill Gates of the Bible. Probably more so. All right. And so he was a very, very wealthy man. And so, so forth. It comes to Genesis chapter 6 that or Genesis 12, 6, that with Abraham and Lot, they had so much resources, they couldn't live together. So Abraham, the land was not able to bear them that they might dwell. Their substance was great. So they, could, they, couldn't, even, they couldn't even be close to each other anymore because they had too much. They had too much cattle, they had too much sheep, they had too many things, and so it's like, all right, we, we just, we've got to separate here. And that's, of course, when Lot made his choice as far as the land and Abraham made his choice. And the Lord said to Abraham, lift up your eyes and look. And I'll make you the father of many nations and all these things like that. Right. So, so they were so blessed. Blessing is good. Amen. Amen. I can't help the poor if I am the poor. I can't go to the world and bring the gospel to the world and be a blessing to the world if I have no money. Right. I, I can't do that. Because everything costs money. Everything costs money. I can't go to the poor and minister to the poor when they have nothing to give to me. If I have no money, I can't, I can't help them. They can't set up a meeting. We can't have a dinner. We can't do the things. We can't, can't have a conference, a place to rent. We can't do that if they have no money and I don't do it. So it's good. It's good to have resources. Let's say it this way. It's good to be blessed. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's good to be blessed. Amen. Amen. It's good to be blessed. That's a good thing. So Abraham then, now you know the story, Lot gets captive, kidnapped and so forth and all the things. And Abraham goes to rescue Lot. And Abraham takes his basically his own private army. He's got all these people and so forth, his, his employees, but also soldiers. They go in and they rescue Lot. And they bring him back with all his possessions and all his things and so forth like that. So Genesis 14, verse 16 says this. He brings back all the goods. uh, Again, brought his brother Lot, goods and the women and all the people. He brings them back. And so while this happens, Abraham has a visitation. And Abraham has a visitation from somebody called Melchizedek. Let's go to the next verse there in verse 16 or yeah verse 20. So Abraham has a visitation. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High. Now, you have to look at this, the typology, because we're going to go from here later to Hebrews. But he's the priest of the Most High, bread and wine, symbolic of communion, New Testament. All right. And he blesses him, and he says, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abraham, gave him tithes of all. Now, notice this here. Now Abraham never, never honored anybody in the natural. He never honored any natural king, any natural person, whatever. But here now is Melchizedek, king of Salem, which also is king of peace, prince of peace. And Abraham gives him tithes. Notice the tithe. It's like 10% of everything he has. Now, what is he doing? He's showing honor. Okay, so he's showing honor to the king of, king of peace. He's showing honor to the Most High God. He's showing honor, New Testament typology. Now, this is before the law. Because sometimes people will use that word tithe. Oh, that's law. That's not law at all. That's Bible. That's Bible from the beginning to the end. So he's, the whole point of it is honor. Say honor. honor. So here, Abram realizes, man, I have been so blessed. You're the one who's taken care of me. A word comes again, a blessing to the nations. And he gives him, now we think a tithe. Let's just say this. If he's a rich man in the world, let's say it's pretty big. Can you say big? big? Far beyond what you could even imagine. Far beyond what any of us could imagine. Because he was rich in gold and silver and livestock and lands and everything else. And so he gives him tithes. Notice the word tithes, plural, of everything. So he honors him. He honors him, showing honor, giving him tithes of Which is everything that he had. Honor. Honor. Very, very important to understand that. No other time does Abraham ever do that. So Abraham is the rich old ruler who understands where his trust was, not like the rich young ruler who had his trust in resources or in money or things like that. So look to Proverbs chapter 3 for a second. So we must decide who to honor. And where we're going to have our trust. Who am I going to honor? Where is my trust going to be in life? Amen. We're Christians now. If you come to Christ, you, you give your life to Jesus Christ. He becomes your savior and he wants to be your Lord. So then, then the question is, Is who are we honoring in our life? So, so many times we're looking in natural ways. But this is supernatural. This is, all this is supernatural. It's really amazing. Who, who are we going to honor in, your, in our lives? And I just want to say, during good times or bad times, whatever the economic times, God will always take care of his people. Amen? And people still understood the honor of the tithe. Even when Jeannie and I, we we qualified for a lot of government programs. And we qualified for food stamps many years ago. We didn't take them, but we qualified. And we thank God for help with our daughter, with medical bills, and many things like that. And yet, in the middle of all that, we still honor the Lord. Now, if you can't honor God with a little bit, you'll never honor honor with a lot. I I knew businessmen. So, Pastor Dave, if we if this and this happens, we're going to give you a ton of money. This is before we had a church building, we're going to give you a ton of money so you can build that building. It's like that's not true because why? If they can't give ten bucks tithe a hundred, they would never give they would never give a hundred thousand if they won a million. Hear what I say? So, so if you're faithful with little, you can be faithful with much. If you're not faithful with little, you'll never be faithful with much. So some people wait sometimes and think, well, I'll, when I have money, I'll, I'll do something then. No, we just honor the Lord with what we had. However much it was, little or much, we, we honored the Lord with what we had. And God took care of us. He's that kind of a God. So Proverbs says, you trust in the Lord with your heart. You don't trust in resources. You trust in the Lord with your heart. You don't lean on your own understanding. Now, I grew up in a denominational home thinking that, man, if I tithe, if I gave some money, I'm, I'm poor. I, I just lost money here. I lost money in this deal. So I become a Christian. I get saved. God changes my life. Now, I'm still old thinking. I haven't been renewed in my mind. So I meet Jeannie and we're together and so forth, and she's writing out a check, and I realize... Wow, that's, that's quite a check there. And so she says, just a tithe, you know. And I'm thinking, wow. And I'm thinking, she's short that much money. And I had to learn about honor and learn about the fact, listen, God will never shortchange us. Amen. He always takes care of us. It's kind of, it's kind of amazing, you know. I mean, uh, there wasn't always a ton of resources in Jeannie's checkbook. But I tell you what, God always took care of her. And I learned from that. I had to learn about that. I had to learn about honor. It wasn't automatic. It wasn't like, oh, you're a Christian, you just know how to do that. No, no, we learn, we're we learning everything in life, right? We're learning to be led by the Holy Spirit. So I had to learn, thinking, okay, well, well I worked real hard for this, and well, uh, I'll give you this. It wasn't a tithe, but it's 5%. <laughs> baby steps. Say baby steps. baby steps. Learn where you're at. Just Just keep going, and so forth. But understand, what's the point of it? It's honor. We're honoring the one who saved our life. Amen. Amen. That's what we're doing. We're honoring the King of Kings. We're honoring our Savior. That's what it's all about. So I had to learn not to to lean on my own understanding, but to acknowledge him. And he would direct my paths. And so I realized, well, Lord, you're faithful. And I realized, thank God we're faithful. And we get to the end of the year and we think, How did we make it on this? You know, we do our taxes and we think, whoa, look at this. This is all we made, so to speak. And yet we lived and we're blessed. how, How did that all stretch? Well, I don't know. You don't have to figure it out. Just know, though, that he'll take care of you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God will take care of you. Be wise, be frugal, but he'll take care of you. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh, strength to your bones. The word of God is there. And then we go to verses 9 and 10. It says, so you honor, say honor. Honor You honor the Lord with your possessions. And notice it says the first fruits of all your increase. Now, why would it say that? Because typically people say, well, I'll I'll give next month. And then they forget. God's pretty smart, isn't he? (laughs) I love the fact that a tithe is 10%. Simple math. Most people can understand how to move a decimal point, and then and then it's simple to just just do it right away. So he's honor the Lord with your possessions, the first fruits of all your increase. King King James says, all honor the Lord with your substance. But the promise comes here: your barns will be filled with plenty. Now barns are like a storehouse. Now we encourage in this church for people to be savers. Turn to your neighbor, say, be a saver. Uh, you know finances. Wow. What a wonderful area to think about, study through the Bible and so forth, and having common sense about life. You know, a lot of people, you will hear people on TV talk about prosperity. If you give this, your prayer will you be answered. That's not true. Don't ever give to get your prayer answered. That isn't, that isn't true at all. You give, you give to honor the Lord. Your prayer is answered by faith, right? So, so And then people say, you've got to give this too much to the ministry. No, you just need to honor the Lord. You honor the Lord. That's what you do. But financially, God wants to bless his people. Yeah. Amen. He wants to bless yours. Now, this is plural again. Deuteronomy says storehouses. He'll bless your storehouses. That's savings accounts or investment accounts. A lot of people don't have anything. But let me just say this. Begin where you're at, because if you wait to get something, you'll never get there. So if it's a $20 bill in a coffee cup or I just put it there in the cupboard, that's the storehouse. Start it right there. And then get enough money and then maybe you can set up an account at the bank. And have a savings account at the bank. Get enough money and maybe you can set up an account so that it's your emergency fund. What's an emergency fund? Well, in life you're going to face things and let's just say this. Tires wear out, things wear out because we're in a fallen world. We can't, some Christians go around, the devil did this and that and said, no, just we're out. You should plan for that. Turn to your neighbor and say, be a planner. planner. Plan ahead. Like the the old saying, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark, all right? So long, years and years, decades before that, he's building, he needs to work in, and it had never rained in history prior to that. He's going by faith. So you've got to be a planner. And so God wants to bless your barns. So we're honoring him. In turn, he'll give you wisdom. He'll bless your barns. Notice it says they'll be filled with plenty. Say filled. Filled. (laughs) So not just having a barn. (laughs) You can have barns and they can be filled. Your vats will overflow with new wine. I see this as the Holy Spirit. You know, the the wine press is built down so you're alive unto God. Because let me just say, as you honor the Lord and he's got your heart, it's like, wow. The biggest thing that stands between people and God is their money. Most people are sitting on their heart, their checkbook, or their, or their billfold. <laughs> so, so the biggest thing that stands, and so when people get free, it's like, I just love you, Jesus. I'm free. I'm free. And we can talk more another time, but the, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of being blessed? Well, the purpose of being blessed is to advance the kingdom. It's prosperity with a purpose, or money with a mission. I'll take those few amens. When you look at the scriptures and so forth, he wants to bless us so we can be a blessing. He wants to bless money so he can get it through my fingers to other people and do things. He wants to do that, to advance his kingdom, to see people come to Christ. I think of all things, wow, you know, you've got people in every religion trying to do this. You know, basically trying to do advance their cause. That's what the Muslims would do with their oil. Or Hindus do with their things and so forth. They're all trying to advance their cause. It all takes money to do things like that, to broadcast the good news. So he wants to bless you so you can be a blessing. Amen? It's honor. All right. Malachi chapter 1. Let's go there for a second. Malachi chapter 1. Just remember this the wise men came to Jesus and brought gifts. And the gifts weren't chintzy. They didn't bring him a stuffed doll. They didn't bring him a toy. Yeah. All right. They didn't bring him anything like that. They didn't, they didn't pass on something cheap. They brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh for his life, his ministry, all those things. They brought expensive things to Jesus, to a baby, to do what? To honor him. To honor him. Everything we do in life, like when we have offerings here, it's not a big plea and so forth. I've seen ministers go on for an hour over an offering. It's all about honor. It's not about begging. It's not about forcing. It's not about manipulating. People get manipulated into giving. No, it's about honor. If you want to honor God, you do it. If you don't want to honor God, you don't have to honor God. It's up to you. But notice what it says. As a son honors his father, a servant his master... If I'm your father, where's my honor? That's the Lord talking. He's, he's reasoning here through Malachi. Son honors his father. Servant his master. If I'm your father, if we say he's our father, where is my honor? If I'm your master, where's my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name, you say, in what way have we despise your name? Verse 8, when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? So it's like, it's like well... This animal's sick anyway. Let's, let's offer him. We'll offer this something that's second rate. He says, When you offer that, is it, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? Very interesting dialogue here. If I was to meet, if you were to meet a high official, and so, so it'd be customary, it'd be customary, even like, even like when Samuel, you know, and Saul and Saul realized they were going to, the prophet was there and Saul then said to a service, well, we can't go see the prophet. We don't even have a gift. We have nothing to honor him. He says, I've got something here that we can honor him with. Honor was very, very big in the Bible. If you went to see the queen of England when she was still alive and, and customary, you would bring something. What would you bring? What would you bring if you had the, the, the honor of coming to, into the presence of the Queen of England? What would you bring? The President of the United States, just because the way our country is set up, whenever they go to other countries, the President is always given things from that country. So if the, if the President is in Europe or the President is in Africa or whatever, all kinds of things are given to the President. Now, not for him personally. it goes into the government archives. And the point of that, it was all about honor. The President has come. The president has come, and so other people will bring things, kings, rulers, and so forth, to present in honor. And that is brought back to the United States. It's actually in archives in Washington, D.C., from every president uh, for many, many years, you know. So all, what is that? It's all about honor. So he is saying here, would, would, if you, what would you offer to the governor? Would he be pleased with what you're offering? It's a good question. Amen. If we take our lives, we take, we're, 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 we've, been, we've been pardoned from hell and given heaven, and now we're at the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What kind of honor are we showing Him in our lives? It's a very interesting point, very thing to think about. Malachi chapter 3 then. Chapter 3, verse 7 From the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances, or just what I planned. You've not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of Hosts. And they say, Well, how shall we return? And verse 8 says, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me, saith the Lord. In what way have we robbed you? This is dialogue. And God says, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. So now he's saying, basically the heart again, coming back with your heart of honor. Come and, and not showing disrespect. Let's come and show respect to the one who saved us. To the one who gave his life for us. Wow. It's amazing. Uh, verse nine and 10 says that your curse or the curse for you robbed me." Now listen, listen to that, people have actually cursed themselves. People think, "I can't afford to give I can't afford to do that. I'll give this. Remember, it was the rich people throwing stuff into the offering, but it wasn't tithes. They just rich. so it looked like a big deal. I'll throw that in. That's a big offering for them. but it's not a tithe. I remember when a running back from Oklahoma got got drafted years ago. He's the number one in the in the NFL draft. And and uh, he got drafted. He loved the Lord and so forth like that. He got a, a $400,000 signing bonus, which in those days was huge. And he's on ESPN, which was brand new in those days. And they interviewed him. you know, And they said, what are you going to do? What's the first thing you're going to do? Because most people are going to do what? They're going to buy cars and so forth. And he said, I'm going to tithe. Amen. And the announcer like, uh, 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 like, what's that? You know, what, what are you talking about? Well, my Baptist church over in East Oklahoma, I'm going to tithe. They need a youth center. I'm going to get $40,000. And there's like, again, people's mind. Oh, what? You're going to get $40,000. Well, that's a tithe. $400,000, that's a tithe. And they were all, it was a great scene. You know, just, just mind boggling. Like, here's a young man. Who's number one in the draft. He's got his head screwed on straight. And he's going to tithe with what he gets. And that Baptist church. They went out to the Baptist church. pastor Hey, he said he's going to do this. Oh yeah, I know that guy. I'm sure he will. And he did. And they built a youth center just like he requested. That helped that church. But if you can't tithe on $100. Just understand me, folks. I've been around a lot of rich people. Been around millionaires that give me a check. Listen. Re- reality. Give me a check for a hundred bucks and say, here you go, Dave. It's all I can afford right now. Of course, they're liars. They have tons of money. And they use money in a hundred different ways on big things. But it came to the gospel. Now, they weren't in this church, but it came to the gospel. Hey, here you go, Dave. God bless you. I said, thanks. It could have been a hundred thousand. It would have been close to a tithe. But it was $100. So if you're faithful with little, you can be faithful with much. We were faithful and little, scrapping around, rubbing two nickels together to get a quarter, trusting God, honoring God all the time, and God blesses. us. We continue to honor, bless us, continue to bless and bless and bless. And the checks just get bigger. He wants to bless his people. You have to understand that. God is a blesser. He wants you to have barns. He wants your vats, your spiritual life to overflow with the Holy Ghost. He wants that. But it all happens as we honor him. And so he says here, he says, you're just cursing yourself. You act like, well, you're a Christian. Yeah, that's okay. But you're cursing yourself. You're cursing things. People say, I just keep losing money or this and that. You're cursing yourself because you're not honoring me. Now, notice what what the Bible says bring the tithes into the storehouse. Let me just say this. Some people say, no, you tithe to the minister. And that's not true. Because I've seen people in other countries and so forth, and they say, oh, we'll give the tithe to the minister. And the minister's the guy that's got all the money and so forth. Not true. You tithe the storehouse. What's the storehouse? It's where you're fed. Where, where are you spiritually fed? Well, that's where you should give. We have people watching online right now. God bless you for doing that. Other states and other places that are fed here and send money here. And they watch us every week. God bless you. That's, 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 that's pretty powerful. But the storehouse is where you It's like your pantry where you get food. Where you're equipped. Where you're blessed. Amen. It's like it's like if you eat if you eat at a restaurant A, you don't walk down the street and give to restaurant B. No, you, you honor God where you're fed. Amen. Amen. And let me just say this: if you're at a place where you're not fed, if you're at this place you're not fed, then go some other place. You should go where you're fed. Now, of course, that's that's some of the you know way geographically way we understand that. However, but you bring the ties into the storehouse, bring it into the church. There may be food in my house. Try me now, says the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour out, pour out to you such a blessing. Notice, there's not room enough to receive it. Now, I liked it. There's only one other time he opens the windows of heaven. And that was judgment in the days of Noah. And he said, I'm never doing that again. But he's opening these windows every day. We say, hallelujah. And notice it says, and I really believe this. You should be Frugal. You should live on a budget. You shouldn't buy everything you see. I had an article the other day. Larry Bird was an NBA player. Trey Trey saw Larry Bird in person. His dad uh, saw Larry Bird in person and so forth. And Larry Bird, when he was playing, went to Indiana State, came from a middle class home and so forth, workers and all that in Indiana, and goes to the Boston Celtics and gets big checks. And people in the locker room are mocking him. Why'd you go buy a car? Why don't you go do something? Why don't you live it up? And for Larry, he said, no, I wasn't raised that way. I'm going to save it. NBA career career ends. Larry Bird's done. And of course, I don't know if you've seen it, but I'll just tell you, ESPN will verify that most professional athletes within five years are broke. They might have made 30 million bucks, but in five years they're broke. This is documented. And one player after another came back to Larry Bird. Larry, boy, I really need money. I really need money. He says, I'm not giving you money. You didn't want to save before when I told you to save. You didn't want to save when I said, don't buy that car. You didn't want to save when I said, don't live that loose life. Like why should, why should I bail you out now because you don't have any money? By the way, you're not obligated to pay other people's bills. Let me just tell you that. You're not obligated. Somebody else has a need. I really have a need. Well, maybe that need was because of real stupidity. You're not obligated to pay their bills because you have something. No, you're led by the Holy Spirit. So if you want to do something, do something. Bless them. Alms and so forth. All that's good. Can you say amen? amen. There's just things in financial principles. What happens? God makes you wise. I tell you what, Christians, Christians should be the biggest givers around. <laughs> biggest givers around, honoring the Lord and so forth, doing things. Billy Graham once said, he said, man, if the church would ever tithe, there'd never be another need in missions again in the world. But he, he, on their Billy Graham Evangelistic Association document, is only like 40% of people ever tithe. But think about this: He'll open the windows of heaven, in a good way. He's going to pour, not trickle, a blessing that there's not room enough to receive it. Let me add this to it: Don't make room in life. How much is enough? How much is enough for you to live in life? Some people say, oh, "If I could just get, if I could earn another thousand, or I could earn another million dollars, or whatever." People are on the deathbed. You're not taking it with you. I'm not taking it with me. Nothing you have, you'll take with you. You came into the world with nothing. You go out with nothing. No U-Hauls following the hearse. How much is enough? You have to ask yourself that. So you think about life. Well, how much? Hey, we've got enough to live on. Then what do you want to do with it? Think about the kingdom, amen? Think about, think about the kingdom. So, so, who are we tithing to? Well, we're tithing to the Lord, amen? Who are we tithing to? Who has the power to open up the windows of heaven? The Lord does. Who has the power to bless? The Lord does. He's the blesser. So, Hebrews, let's quickly here. We've got a little time. Hebrews 7. So, we go there and it says this. Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High, met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. This is Hebrews, New Testament. To whom Abraham gave a tenth part of all that he had. First being translated, the king of righteousness. Now, kids, king of righteousness. By the way, there's one righteousness, king of kings. Also, the king of Salem, meaning king of peace. There's only one prince of peace, Jesus Christ. Notice, without father, so no genealogy. Didn't have a father, didn't have a mother, no genealogy. Didn't have beginning to days or end of life, beginning to the end, always there made like unto the Son of God, remains a priest continually. So think about this. Melchizedek comes and honors the king of kings, Jesus. Now you can think, oh well, how do you know it's Jesus? Well, let's go to the book of John for a second. Keep your finger in Hebrews if you've got your Bible open. Go to the book of John. He wasn't a natural king. He was the Son of God. And Jesus said this, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. So before Jesus was here, he was still with the father. And Jesus comes to Abraham, who is the king of, king of righteousness, the king of peace. And Abraham sees Jesus, and Jesus is telling the rulers, he said, hey, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. And the Jews said, you're not even 50 years old. You haven't seen Abraham. And Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus came, and what did Abraham do? He honored Jesus. But folks, unless you see how important God is in your life, you have to see it. You have to see who he is. Because if you don't have that revelation, if you don't see him, you won't do it. But if you see him, then you think, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to bless you. I want to honor you. I want to give... Praise to your name. And so Abraham gave the tithes to Jesus. Now, Hebrews 7 and verse 4, having a revelation, consider how great this man was to whom the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of all that he had there, a tenth of his spoils. Consider how great that man was, who was Jesus Christ. Amen? Tithing brings honor. Verse 6 and following. So you see then, it says, whose genealogy is not derived, received From them received tithes from Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. He receives the tithes. He blesses Abraham, and beyond all contradicts the lesser is blessed by the better. The lesser is Abraham, blessed by the better, who is Jesus. The less Abraham, you know, just us mortal people, is blessed by Jesus, folks. When we tithe, I get blessed by Jesus. I, if you look at, if you if you understand it, then you realize. Thank you, Jesus. I receive blessing. I receive blessing in all all that we have. So the less is blessed of the better. Abraham is blessed by Jesus, the better. Here, now let's understand this. Here, mortal men receive tithes. So you think about this. You're honoring, you know, if if there's an offering basket or a giving station or whatever it is. You give it like it goes to a person or an organization or something like that. Mortal men receive them. But notice what it says. There. There he receives what you've done. So the great exchange. We're doing something in the natural that translates into the supernatural. So I'm I'm not losing, I'm not losing this tide. I'm being blessed in this tide, and the windows are open, and he's taking care of me abundantly. And I have to say, even in our family, my brothers who were all very wealthy, three older brothers, and they mocked me when I became a Christian and all the things that happened and so forth. And, and we, holidays were never fun. We never looked forward to holidays, as far as seeing my family. This was just not good. Booze and so forth and all this stuff. And, and then they get saved one by one. And their attitudes begin to change. And different things happen in their life. And we go from down here to up here. Financially, we went from down here to up here. Where we had way less than my brothers. No, 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 no. Now we're up here. God did that. God did that. God is the only one who could do that. Because they could look at me and say, well, you you just got a chintzy little thing here, like small church and little salary and so forth. To them, everything was big money. We go from the bottom to the top. I just want to say that when you honor him, the less is blessed by the better. Jesus will bless you. Mortal men receives tithes. There he receives tithes of whom it's witness that he lives. Abraham could say, Jesus lives. <laughs> Long before Jesus came, he knew Jesus lives. He knew the plan, the bread and the wine. He knew the plan, the New Testament. He knew all those things happening. King of righteousness, king of peace. Oh, here, Lord, let me give you tithes of all. That. Let me honor you. Let me honor you with that. And the Bible says that we're Abraham's seed. And for Abraham's seed, we're heirs to the promises. Amen. There's something powerful in this. and There's something powerful in our relationship with Christ. And it gets even better when I think the very next verses, verse 9 and 10. And then he says, Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham. Think about this. So, Abraham, or Levi was still in the loins of, of Abraham, of his father, when Melchizedek met him. And what I want to see here is generational blessings. Generational blessings what you do in the natural I believe can bring a blessing on your family I think you want to believe for a blessing on your family as we've honored God We believe for blessings on our own kids not that they're nobody's perfect Thank God for grace and all those other things, but you do want to believe for blessings That as Abraham did it the father of many nations who actually only had one physical child And yet through his loins God saw I'm gonna bless. I'm gonna bless Israel. I'm gonna bless the world and now we are Abraham's seed. And as a result of Abraham, you are blessed. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are, you are blessed. You come into Christ. We come into Christ and we don't even realize all the extent of the inheritance. But we come into Christ and when all of a sudden, if we read the word, all of a sudden we realize, wow, I'm entering these blessings that I don't deserve. I didn't, I didn't earn it or anything like that. It's only a question of receiving the word of God to say, thank you, Jesus. For your great grace. And the point of it is all. Is what? The point of it is not someday you can get older. And you can live on. If it's being, being on a golf course. Or live on a lake. Or live in some other high rise. Whatever. And live the life of luxury. That's not the point of any of this. The point of it is that we can live out our lives to the glory of God. Sharing Jesus Christ. Expanding the kingdom of God. Supporting the gospel in whatever way that matters. Amen. That's the point of it all. Because we're going to leave this world with nothing. Nothing. Turn to your neighbor and say, can't take it with you. (laughs) Can't take it with you. You know, it's all about, it's all about. There's a scripture in Psalms that talk about people. They talk about naming rights. And people say, well, I'm going to give this money so my name is on that building. I'm going to give this money so my name is on that land. Because they're thinking what? I want to be remembered. That's going to be my legacy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what? Yeah. You're dead. If you don't know Jesus, you're in the wrong place. That's right. Rich people do that. To leave legacies. So I'm remembered and I'm important and I'm this and that. No, no. Christians like, I remember who Jesus is. Yeah. If I want to leave a legacy. If you want to leave a legacy, not only do the gospel, the tithing and stuff, but you bless your family. You bless your children. You bless your grandchildren. Amen. Amen? You want to leave a legacy to them. That's why if even for Jeannie and I, when our parents died, they had nothing. So we had no inheritance. Now our children are married, and their families are basically gone. There's only one surviving parent left, just, just the mom of, of Jen. That's it. We're the parents. And so, so our goal, we had a goal in life. We're going to live frugal. We're going to honor God. We're going to bless God. We're going to keep giving to them, to our children and grandchildren. i tell you what, he's a blesser. Amen. He's a blesser. He loves us so much. He wants to do great things in our lives. Amen. He'll take care of you. Just trusting in him, living frugally. He'll take care of you. He'll provide for you. Amen. When I, when I had a cancer diagnosis, there was a prayer meeting here at the church. Some ladies were praying, had a cancer diagnosis, and there was a prophetic word that said, you'll, gr- you'll dance with your granddaughter at her wedding. And we faced all kinds of stuff. And so, so uh, financially and physically and so forth like that, and yet our trust is in the Lord. But I thought, I'll claim that. You'll <laughs> bless your barns. We didn't, we didn't have a granddaughter at the time. And the next year we had a granddaughter. And now she's 14. And I tell her, don't get married young. (laughs) I say, get married old. Get real old, real old. You don't need a boyfriend yet, honey. No. So, but the prophetic word, you'll dance with your granddaughter at her wedding. I thought, thank you, Jesus. All the years. We want to leave something to our grandkids. You should want to do that. The world says, spend it on yourself. Do whatever you want. Well, that's the world. The Christian, honor Jesus Christ. Honor the Lord with your substance. Be a saver. Save is a good four-letter word. Something happens, go, save! Ooh, save! Hallelujah! Learn to speak good four-letter words. There's good four-letter words. These are good things, amen? That will not only be a blessing to the kingdom, enlarging the kingdom, but a blessing to you, blessing to your family, your family's family, and so forth. Follow what I'm saying. Amen. If you're a minister listen to this, this is for you too. It's for ministers. Do the same thing. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to put your hands like this. Just put them on your lap a second. Just open your palms. Palms up. Thank you, Jesus, for just loving us today. And Lord, we hold nothing back. We surrender to you. We put our trust in you. We put our hope in you. We thank you, Jesus. You hold our future. Our future. No matter what happens economically, you hold our future. And you will always take care of us. You will always take care of your people. We thank you, Jesus. We've seen that through history. And today, Lord, we thank you for taking care of us. We honor you with our hearts our lives, our resources, we honor you, Jesus, our Savior, our Savior. We proclaim you as Lord of our lives, of everything we have. We bless you today, Jesus. Now, Lord, I thank you, even as your palms are up, I just thank you for the, the weight of your presence to touch each one. I just want you to feel this touch, touching your head, your shoulders, your hands. Thank you for touching each one, Lord. Thank you for raising them up. Lord, everybody's in a different place here, Lord. Some with great needs. <laughs> great things, you know, tough times. But Lord, I thank you. You're there for them in their lives. I've been there. As you were there for us, you are there for them. And I thank you, Jesus, for just touching people now. With your presence and your love and your grace. We give you praise, Lord, for what you're doing, what you will do. For great things ahead. To dream big. Dream big. And it's just a word of the Lord for you. Dream big for yourself, for your family. Dream big. Dream big. To be a giver to all of them. Lord, we just honor you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah.